Hello, lovely listeners. One day we'll have a more creative intro to these interview episodes. But not but today. You are lovely people because you're listening to our show and we appreciate you. So thank you. Today we are interviewing not an artist. Surprise. We're continuing interviewing women in other parts of the industry. And today we have, she is both the founder and CEO of Bright Antenna Records and a distinguished author. So I don't know when she sleeps, but I should have asked her that probably. Um, she is wonderful. Yeah, Tiffany, she's great. I love talking with her. Sorry. It's okay. Go, go Again, ahead. I talk over people. Uh, no, you're fine. Her name's Tiffany DeBartolo. Bright Antenna Records. It'll all be in the show notes. You can like reference that later. Um, and I don't have anything else to say because I'm going to let the interview speak for yeah, itself. Yeah, truly like this is a very, like I was telling Leah, I loved just listening. Like, you know me, y'all. I can talk up a fucking storm like it's no tomorrow. But there's something about listening once in a while. <laughs> yes. There's something about listening. And truly it's just such a great wealth of knowledge. Yes. So on that note, I'm Leah. I'm Beth Ann. And this is She Will Rock You. Where are they getting a dub in a CBS executive meeting? No. Bitch, don't touch my thermostat. <laughs> the ghost be like, pull up before I haul you. Let me turn down the thermostat. This is bad. We're on page one, guys. <laughs> this is She Will Rock You. Uh, we are joined today by the lovely Tiffany DeBartolo, which I did have to research how to pronounce your name, so I hope I got it right. <laughs> yes. Perfect. No one Thumbs ever gets up. it right on the first try. Yes. I'm an overachiever, if you can't tell. She is. <laughs> can attest. And Tiffany is the founder and CEO of Bright Antenna Records and an awesome author. So we have a lot to talk about today. So I guess first, let's let's talk about the label since we are a music podcast. How did you get to the point where you were like, I want to start my own record label. Okay, well, I, I'll start off by answering that question by saying I'm just stupid because um, the we started the label literally the exact moment people stopped buying music. Um, so that was not a lot of forethought into that, but it kind of came about, you know, I'm anyone who has ever read my books knows I'm obsessed with music. I grew up basically hiding in my room, reading books and listening to music. And um, so I'm super passionate about music. And at some point um, about 12 or 13 years ago, I was sitting around with a music producer friend of mine and we were lamenting all the crappy music on the radio. And um, he had had about two bottles of wine and he was like, we should start a label. And I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Sort of thinking that it was something that I could do on the side, you know, because I was a full-time writer at that point. I'd been writing for a decade and, um, and I thought, oh, well, that sounds like a fun little hobby. Um, but of course, if you, you know, anyone who runs a business knows it's, it's a 24 seven job and it took over my life for many years, um, in the sense that I didn't write for, you know, about um, almost 10 years because I was so busy doing that. And I hadn't learned how to balance, um, you know, the, the business side and my own creative um, urges and expressions. And so, um, yeah, I kind of had to like figure out how to balance that. But anyway, 
that's the long story of how um, the label came about. Um, just complete insanity. The best decisions come after two bottles of wine. <laughs> well, I was perfectly sober, so I don't know what my excuse is. <laughs> But it actually, it's been cool because my husband and I started it together and um, that was like a really big bonding thing for us of like having this mm -hmm. thing um, to work towards and like having the same goals every day. So that's been a really cool um, aspect of it. Totally. That's I awesome. love that. Where did the name Bright Antenna come from? Well, it's a, it's a phrase from a line in a song by the band Rush. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. And it was, it's such a funny thing because we had come up with so many great names for the record label and they had they were all taken for some business or another. And then Scott, my husband and I were on a road trip once where we couldn't get any um, radio stations except old classic rock. And this old Rush song came on that I used to love. And there's a line in the, the song is about like having integrity in music. It's called spirit of the radio. Um, and there's this line about a bright antenna. And I looked at him and I was like, bright antenna. How about that? And that's how it came about. I love that. That was meant to be mm -hmm. to set the tone of, of the label. Yeah. So what exactly goes into creating a label? Because I feel like we never really hear the record label side of things in the industry. Well, uh, I will say that um, the first couple of years we were like putting out just singles um, with some local bands and we really didn't know what we were doing. You know, it's it was a trial and error period of like thinking like, oh, you can just make a record and lots of people will listen to it. And um, I mean, I didn't even know what marketing was before I started the label um, and social media was just starting to grow. So a lot of it became about learning how to market on social media and navigating um navigating the the digital service providers because like i said you know we started the label when people stopped buying music and so figuring out how our our artists could have income streams was was and still is like one of the biggest conversations we have um around the the conference table um so it was really just trial and error of first finding music that we really believed in and that really moved us and then um, understanding what our role was for these artists, which was, you know, helping them make their music, uh, manufacturing the music, distributing the music, um, marketing the music, um, putting them on tour. And it was just, it, it's so much work, you know, um, that goes into trying to make an artist successful. And, and it's, you know, it's been, it's hard. It's a hard, it's hard job because, um, I mean, I personally lose a lot of sleep at night worrying about how my artists are going to pay their rent because it is so hard to make a living selling music, um, these days. And if you're, if you're not, um, you know, selling out 5,000 seat venues, you're not making any money. Um, cause as we know, the DSPs don't pay very well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an uphill battle of constantly trying to figure out how to find income streams for artists. Yeah. How has the industry changed since you started the label? I mean, I would say the biggest change is how much, um, you know, Spotify and Apple and, and those DSPs have taken over 
um, how an artist gets popular. You know, it used to be that having a hit single on the radio was the key to a band having longevity and success. And now, you know, I mean, in, in a way it's kind of, it bums me out a little bit because I grew up in the era of the album and I grew up waiting in line for the record store to open so that the band that I'd been waiting years for them to put out their new album, like I could, I could be the first one in line to buy that album. And then I would take it home and I would listen to it nonstop for months and read the liner notes and learn everything about the band. And I feel like today, especially in younger generations, it's really just about songs. Um, and, you know, someone who doesn't know anything about music can make a song in their basement, put it on Spotify, and a hundred million people will stream it. And that's a hard pill to swallow sometime for me because I, I do care so much about the art of music and I care about talent and, and people who are really good at what they do versus being lucky. <laughs> You know, I just, I want those people to succeed. I have nothing against the other random people succeeding, but I want the people with talent to, um, who've put in tens of thousands of hours um, on this craft to be able to make a living doing it. And it's hard for that, for them. Yeah. yeah. I wish I had lived in the age of like completely non-digital because I never really have. Because I'm definitely an album person. Yeah, I, I, I use Spotify, but I feel guilty about it every single day. Yeah, <laughs> and I and listen. I haven't bought an. I mean, I buy vinyl, but I stopped buying CDs a decade yeah. ago, and I listen to Spotify all day long. So mm -hmm. I'm not against it. I just think that they should pay more. You they know, should I think pay they more. should. 100%. They should. They should make it fair to the artists. And um, yeah, and you know, it is what it is. Like we can't go backwards. So. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, just, I don't know, am I allowed to ask you guys questions? Yeah, curious, yeah, yeah of course. What kind of music you guys like? Who are your <laughs> favorites? Like, if you're on a desert island and you can only bring three albums, what do you take Ooh. with you? You go first, Leah. Probably Queen, The Struts, which are behind me, and Taylor Swift. Nice. <laughs> you weren't supposed to answer that quick. <laughs> I'm impulsive what can I say probably for me it's hard for me to choose albums so I'm going to go by artist Amy Winehouse because I'm absolutely in love with her right now um, probably Elton John mm. and Stevie Wonder nice yeah Stevie Wonder can write no bad songs that is There's true no such thing as a bad Stevie Wonder song I agree. You can see we have very different music tastes. Yes. Like <laughs> which music is why, why it works so well. Yeah. But to your point, which I think was interesting, you know, we've talked with a friend of ours who's a, he was a record store owner mm. and it just seems like people are desensitized uh, to really think about like even the track order of an album because they're only thinking single bass. Like a lot of these artists went and put so much care into how the songs were laid out. Like I was listening to actually Stevie Wonder's songs in the key of life the other day. 
and going through it. And one thing that hit me is his transitions to songs. Like he goes into one and then it's quick to go to the other one, but it still works so well together. Like it still feels like it's still going on or like, and that's an art too, you know, yeah. and you know, he puts so much thought into that track listing. Yeah, exactly. And like Prince's purple rain, if you've listened to that song, even like going vinyl wise, like his transition from like the end of uh, Darling Nikki, which is the end mm-hmm. of side one and you flip it and it goes into um, I think it's Doves when Doves cry. Like it's just you are hearing it the way the artist laid it out. And I yeah, miss, and I that was a that. cool thing, too, like back when it was albums, when they had to think about like, oh, you know, side B has got to start with something catchy and something that's going to grab you. And it was just, yeah, so much thought. I was listening over the weekend to Fleetwood Mac's Mirage album, and I was mm-hmm. so like blown away by the way they put the tracks like the this first single off of that album is like the fifth track on the album and I was like wow this is daring (laughs) yeah absolutely so if someone's listening to this show and thinking I want to start my own record label someday what advice do you give them first don't do it (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no I mean for real I would say the most important thing for me is really caring about the music and the artists, because if you just want to make money, um, you'll probably end up working with artists that you don't like, you don't care about, and you're just not going to work as hard. Um, And it's not, it's not a place where you can make money very fast. Um, It's, it's, a long, slow process. My husband always like likens it to like venture capitalism. You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you invest in all these different funds, i.e. these different artists, and you hope that one of them takes off. Um, So it's just, it's always a crapshoot. It's always stressful. Um, And my advice is if you don't love the music and you don't love the people, you will be miserable. So try to try to pick artists that you, you, you know, are kind, compassionate, intelligent beings that um, make great music. I know that artists have to make money to survive, but I feel like there's been a shift recently to more of like just art for the sake of art. And if it catches yeah. on, then cool. But if not, also cool. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that that's a blessing and a curse, I think, because like I said, we want these artists to be able to make a living, um, you know, practicing their craft. But it's so hard to do that these days that um, maybe that means that the the music will be geared towards less commercial, less pop sort of um, lanes. And they can, you know, artists can really concentrate on what's coming from their soul. Cause I think that's important too. And I think that, you know, in the eighties and the nineties, when, you know, people were buying millions and millions of albums a year, um, there was a, there was a huge push to be really commercial and, you know, mm-hmm. have hit songs. Um, and maybe it lets the artists off the hook from that these days, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So on top of running a record label, you're also an author. 
And if the record label was an impulse decision, is being an author like your actual dream? <laughs> yes, I grew up um, sort of dream. Well, I, I was always a writer, um, you know, just writing poems and, um, you know, journaling and all that kind of stuff, even as a really young kid. And, um, and I definitely dreamed of growing up and being a writer, but I also thought that it was something you had to be like some kind of Hemingway genius to do. Um, and so when I graduated from college, I moved to LA and started writing screenplays because that seemed like an easier thing um, to do. And I, I worked there for a while writing screenplays and I, I made one film, but I did not like Hollywood. It just wasn't my vibe. Um, and so I started writing a novel sort of as a creative exercise because I was just so burnt out on these dumb scripts I was getting asked to write. And, um, and I, and I ended up loving the process of writing the novel so much that I kind of left Hollywood and, um, and, and stuck to novels. You have a new book out. It's called Sorrow. Tell yeah. us about that one. Okay. Well, that book, um, is, uh, it definitely has a lot of music tie-ins because it was inspired by, um, a song by the national. Okay. Um, they, well, and they have a song called sorrow, but the actual song that inspired the book is a song called pink rabbits, um, which was on their, uh, trouble will find me album. Um, and you know, it's a song that I, I loved for a long, long time. And I'd heard it like hundreds of times, but one day I was out on a hike and it came on and listening to it conjured up like this whole scene in my head. Um, and I ended up going home and like writing the scene out and that sort of became the basis of this novel. So, um, that's kind of where it started, but the book itself is, it's a story about art and love and how those pursuits can sometimes inspire us to be the best versions of who we are. I, I noticed in reading your book synopses that there's a music theme throughout everything. Would you say that music is your writing muse? Yes, very much so. My first novel, which is called God Shaped Hole, was 100% inspired by the death of Jeff Buckley. Mm. Um, and I was so heartbroken after he died that I literally sat down and listened to Grace for nine months straight and just made up this story while I listened to the album. Um, and then wow. my second book really was a lot about the music industry, uh, a sort of fictionalized version of the music industry. Um, and yeah, so sorrow was sort of the same and that it was inspired by some of my favorite music. I love that. Like, I love you wrote like out of a tragedy of one of your favorite artists, like just listening to it formed the story. Yeah. Well, and it was also like this feeling like, I wanted to give something back to him, like pay tribute to him for mm -hmm. all that he'd given to me because his music like just changed my life. That album Grace really changed my life. And kind of like I had this like transcendental soul encounter after mm -hmm. I, I heard that, heard yeah. that um, record. So um, I just felt like, oh man, I want to like thank him in some way. And that was what that book was. Yeah, I love that. I love albums that are like that too. That mm -hmm. just they just get right into your like soul almost. Yes. You've touched on a few, but what are the artists or genres or anything in music that inspires you the most? Well, um 
My favorite band of all time, and they've been my favorite band since I was 11, and I've seen them probably 80 to 100 times since then. I just turned 50, by the way. So um, it's a, a you know almost 40 years of being my favorite band is you too. Oh, I awesome. love that. Leah, that, that's going to be you with the struts soon. That is, that is me in the future. <laughs> right? It's just like you find that band and, you know, they come along at a time in your life where they just like show you a different world and open you up to so many feelings and so many thoughts. And, um, and really, again, like just life changing, like their music really changed my life as a kid. And it never ceases to make me feel that way. Like I saw you two for the first time in 1985, I was 14. And, um, I remember like watching Bono sing and just having this experience of like feeling like him, like living in this big feeling way and just like being like, I want to live like that. I want to feel things like that. Like I want to experience life like that. And so, you know, as an eighth grader, that was impactful and really kind of like set me on a path of art and um, emotion. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I read somewhere that the music you fall in love with when you're 14 is like the music that sets the stage for your life. And that's- that is 100% true for me. <laughs> um, and I'm also a huge Pearl Jam fan. They were probably yes. like the second big band of my life after you 2 They came along when I was in college and um, and that was really big for me. And then it was Jeff Buckley. Um, and, and I would say the national is probably like my third favorite band of all time. So I haven't gotten into the national, but I've been digging the big red machine stuff. Coming oh out my God. Recently. It's so good, right? It's so good. <laughs> so good. And of course the Taylor Swift record that the Desner brother made is really good. Yes. Yes. Um, so before I throw it to Beth Ann to ask our lightning round questions, oh. where can people find you, your label, your books on the internet? <laughs> yes. Well, books can be found anywhere you buy books, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, your local indie booksellers, which I'm always a proponent of supporting. Um, I, I am on Facebook under my name. I'm not on Facebook very much though, but, um, I'm constantly on Instagram. You can find me there. You can DM me there. I will answer you back. Um, and bright antenna also has a website, has a an Instagram page, and, um, you can find all of our artists there, listen to some of their stuff and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> oh, I did have one more question that I really wanted to ask. What advice do you have for someone who wants to be an author? That is a very good question. You know, people ask me that all the time. And I think I, I find that like I teach writing um, during the summer and I, I always feel like I get this impression that people have this idea that like writers just wait for this creative muse to, you know, tap them on the shoulder and say, here's your story. And for me, writing is so much more about discipline. And I think that, you know, you can be the most talented person in the world, but if you don't have the discipline to sit down every day and work on this story, nothing will happen. So sometimes I think discipline and um, really deciding to get the work done is more important than, than the talent. And then of course, just having a voice and trusting your own voice and um, not trying to sound like anybody else. I love that. Oh, Great advice. Solid right. advice. <laughs> now lightning round questions. <laughs> 
if you could summon any sports skill in the world, what Olympic sport would you compete in? Swimming. That's a good one. Swimming's hard. Swimming is hard. You got to like, you can get winded so easily. I know. I I love swimming, but I have like bony shoulders that I just, no strength whatsoever. I gotcha. What does the perfect ice cream sundae look like? Ooh, it's chocolate ice cream with like gooey peanut butter and caramel on top of it and a lot of whipped cream and a cherry. You got to have the cherry. Yeah. You gotta My have husband is very anti-cherry, which is fine by me because he gives it to me. So, nice. you know, it's it's always a double cherry in my house. It I'm also out. anti-cherry. So. Oh, you can give it to me as well. That's three I mean, cherries. The, the cherries they usually put on Sundays are like carcinogenic, but they're, yeah, they're probably they're like disgusting. neon red. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you could be a part of any decade of music, which would you choose? Oh, wow. Probably like the late 60s or early 70s. Yes. Woodstock. Yeah. 1969. Yeah, definitely. And if you were a cereal, what would you be and why? Oh, wow. Um, if I were a cereal, you know, I think I would be Raisin Bran. <laughs> That's my husband's favorite That's, cereal. Just is my it favorite really? Cereal. Yes. That's I hilarious. Mean, I don't know why, but I just, I, I feel like if I were a cereal, I'd be Raisin Bran. Even though we've only been talking for 20 minutes, their logo is a sun and you're a very sunny person. There you go. Maybe you that's go. it. Yeah. You know, my nickname is Shine. Oh, really? Yes. That's so cool. Oh, thanks for noticing. Yeah. I, I can see that very well. Like very <laughs> sunny personality. This has been a lovely conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today. It has been lovely for me too. And I can't wait to uh, hear it. Yes. And uh, everyone out there listening, go follow Tiffany. Go read her books. Please, please, please. Go follow some Bright Antenna artists. Check them out. Thank you for listening. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you like this show. Special thanks to Death of Fawn for our intro riff. You can visit our website at shewillrockyou.com. There you'll find links to our social, the show notes, and a place where you can contact us. Other than that, don't do drugs. <laughs>